Good morning, everybody. It's Sunday morning, 8 o'clock right here, 790 KNC. This is Dean Greenberg, and we're going to bring you the Money Matters Show in its 33rd year. We've been coming on this show talking about the markets and the influence to the markets, and there's a lot of influence going on. You might think this week was a little bit crazy, and it was. At the end, it pretty much was even, maybe down up a little bit, uh, 1% or so on the NASDAQ, S&P, and, and Dow. Uh, still up uh, about even for the year, uh, for the month on NASDAQ. Uh, the S&P was up one5 and Dow was up 25 That was for the big moves up that we saw on Thursday and Friday. Other than that, it would have been obviously down a lot. A lot of influentials coming on the market, a lot of earnings going on. The earnings that are doing well, as you saw, are all about tech. Uh, they've been jumping, uh, but it was also the AI tech, artificial intelligence tech, which is getting a little bit scary. There's a lot of scary things out there. One of the things I want to talk about is <laughs> where are we? Where are, we? are we stopping and thinking? Nobody wants to stop and think about what's happening. You hear signs of it. You see signs of it. But everyone doesn't want to pay attention. Nobody wants to talk about it. They want to talk about the things that don't matter. Nobody wants to talk about the things that are mattering. And I'm telling you, there's things that matter. And we're going to talk about it. This is the Money Matters Show, and it is sponsored by Greenberg Financial Group. Greenberg Financial Group is both a registered investment advisory and a broker-dealer. They've been around for a long time, 1988. We started here in Tucson. On this show, we talk about different products and different strategies. Every strategy has some type of risk. Every idea, everything we talk about has risk. Everything has risk. Anything you do has risk. Please understand those risks prior to investing. Very, very important. One thing might be risky for one person while it's not risky for the other. You need to understand those things as you hear, talk, and implement and allocate your portfolio. That is why a lot of people have decided to at least get a, an opinion from us, talk to us, do our financial plan, which are complimentary, and be able to go ahead and get a, an idea. And we're going to talk about those financial plans later on in the show. And when we say they're free, they're free. We Once we do the plan, you don't have to do business with us to get the plan. We'll give it to you. That's my promise. We'll give it to you. And a lot of people charge $2,000, $3,000 to do a plan. We're going to do it for you for free. So you can go ahead and give us a call, make an appointment. We'll review your stuff. We'll go over everything from your insurance to your portfolio, your risk tolerance, what you're doing, are you ready for retirement, all that stuff. You already have it, get a second opinion. You don't have it, get a first opinion. Then you make the decision of how you want to implement that plan and obviously who you want to deal with. All right, so as we said, the markets were kind of flat for the week. Uh, that was because we had a nice rally on Thursday and Friday to bring the markets back up from the fall that they had earlier in the week. So where do we go from here? We're stuck in the trading range, guys. And going into next week, the Federal Reserve is coming on board. They're going to talk about interest rates going higher. They're going to not. They're going to put them up again, probably twenty-five basis points. And then the decision is going to be whether or not in June are they going to continue to raise interest rates. I think they're going to do another one in June, and I'll tell you why. The economic news that keeps coming out keeps telling us that wages are increasing. And the labor force is decreasing. When you have that, you have inflation. Everything we're doing is still inflationary. What the Fed is doing is inflationary. What the administration is doing is inflationary. But the thing that is not making sense is how we have, we're going to raise the debt ceiling. We raise the debt ceiling again, which I know we have to do to pay the bills. 
But we have to cut after that, and they don't want to do it. They're going to push this thing to the brink because they're going to say, no, we're going to raise it this year, we're going to raise it next year. That is massive spending on things we don't need. It doesn't take a genius to understand that if you want to go ahead and get yourself in a better shape financially and economically, you spend on things you need, not things you spend on what you want. Uh, uh, The people that we hire, the people that we vote in, believe they spend the things on what they want. So they can want to stay in power. They spend on the things, on the consistencies that we don't, they don't need. And no one has enough sense to talk to them and tell them we can't handle a 33, 35, 40 trillion, 50 trillion dollar debt. We can't. We got to start making it go the other way. We are out of control over the last few years. Out of control. Republicans and Democrats. It's not just one side. It's politicians, and the, the way they have it set up now with all the times that they vote and they get all those earmarks, which we did away for a, a millisecond with them, that means in order to get people's votes, they are getting stuff so they can give to their constituents, and it all costs money, way too much more money that we can even afford right now. We need to step back, take a breath, and think about what's going on. We're not attacking any of the situations that should be going on. The biggest problem I see is that all we do is pander to the left. Everything is pandering to the left. I don't care socially. I care economically. We talked about it last week, but it gets implemented on May 1st. We are now going to go ahead and subsidize subprime loans again. Remember we talked about this? The Federal Reserve is doing their job. The government is not doing their job. We are going so far towards socialism, we need to stop and think and stop it now. We need to. The left doesn't understand. I can't tell you how many people think that that the Democrats, and I tell them about what's going on, Oh, no, no, that's not socialism. I don't like socialism. That's not going to happen. It's not going to be that way. We're just helping some people. When you go ahead and the president signs in a mandate that states that if you have a higher credit rating of 680 to 720 above, you're going to be charged more for your loan than somebody that has a 620 or less. Are you kidding? That means because you've done everything right, you've paid your bills, you've kept, you've managed your 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 mortgages, you, you've managed uh, your credit, you've managed your loans, you paid on time, you've worked hard to do what you want. You're going to be charged more for the person that didn't do it. That is so wrong, and then you're going to have to pay more because they're going to have to pay for mortgage insurance. So we're not in the same debacle as we were in 2008. We're probably not going to go down that far because they do have to put some money up now, but I am concerned about the valuations of where we are in in homes, in real estate. You and I both know they've gone sky high over the last few years. So now if you're letting people come in at 5 or 10%, how are they going to handle that? 
will still have a higher mortgage. They're going to get a lesser rate because the other people are paying high. I am not about that, and I hope you're not. Because you do everything right, you're going to have to subsidize somebody that hasn't been able to build up their credit like that for whatever reason. And I'm about helping people. I'm not about giving to people all the time. Don't, don't penalize me and everyone else that tries to be successful and do the right things for those that don't. It's wrong. And we continue to do this and go down this line. Red flag right there. There's a red flag to me right there that we are pushing more and more towards the left. The entire agenda need, needs to be rethought, rethought about and, re, and redone, okay? I don't know how you feel about this AI stuff, okay, artificial intelligence. I love it in some areas. I do. But I'm smart enough to see how it can be used in really, really bad ways. And again, we're not doing anything to limit it. It reminds me of Bitcoin. Wild, wild west. Let everybody do all this stuff until we have to do something about it. Why can't we have leaders that have foresight? Foresight of what this artificial intelligence can do. Don't just talk to me about it. Do something about it. Artificial intelligence is doing great things in medicine. Great things. But where is the controls that they don't go overboard and start doing things that not supposed to? Like the COVID-19. Like viruses that can spread and kill. Where is that going to stop? Who's controlling that? How are we going to control it? We couldn't even control it coming out of China. And nobody wants to admit it was probably slipped out of the, the lab there, which we help support. We still can't get to the origin, but yet we can get to the origin of everything Trump does, even though those are mostly lies too. They for sure can do that, but they cannot come to the forefront of tell us the origin of COVID-19. But AI is doing so many good things, but we have no control over the things that can be bad. The impersonations that can go on. People believe everything. Oh, I heard it. I saw it on social media. It's true. People's reputations are going to be ruined by deceptive people. Businesses are going to get lose or gain by this. We need to control the bad stuff. And nobody is talking about it except the people that are actually in charge of doing this, like Elon Musk. It's okay for him to be developing an AI system and also talk about we need to do something to control it. But the government doesn't listen. They, the government never listens until it's too late. The people we hire never listen to too, until it's too late. The border is about to open up. And again, nobody wants to stop, uh, stop and think about what's going to happen. Nobody except the people that are here.
Our government, our leaders who can do something about it, just say keep opening it. We got it under control. You don't have it under control. There's no way you have it under control. It's uncontrollable the way the system is. There's nothing blocking people from coming across. But the rest of the country that is not on the border don't believe it. They see pictures of it, but out of sight, out of mind, out of, out of touch. But as soon as we bring them and deliver them and drop them off at their doorstep, they are complaining. They are upset. They don't want to pay for it. But they want you and me down here in Texas and all to pay for it. You see what happens when all you do is give money away. You go from having a surplus like California to being in billion dollars deficit. We are out of control and no one is even thinking about it. Our dollar keeps sinking. We're down to 58% of the currency being trade being used in the dollar. It was up in the 80s. At least it's the euro that's gaining. You still have the yen like 5%, a uh, uh, 2% and 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 all and um the uh, uh, I forgot what it is. Uh, the, the Japanese uh, about five and a half percent, but at least we are looking at this and not doing anything about it. The way we treated the Saudis have a lot to do with this. The Saudis are now trying to make pacts with Russia and China. How did this happen so quickly? Why are we allowing it to happen? Why are our politicians not talking about it more? At least the ones on our side. Why are we not looking at everything? Put it out there. If I was running for president, I would put every one of these things out there in pure, simple language. So every American can understand it, whether they like it or not. They can understand it and come up with a solution. They don't like my solution, come up with a different solution. But we got to solve these. We can't still be on both sides. We're going to find ourselves falling economically. Europe is making deals with China, letting Chinese companies come in and buy the European companies. What are we doing? And it all stems back to energy. And I don't care what anybody says, our policy on energy is the worst policy in, that I've ever seen in my life. It's amazing that in the 1970s, when they said we had an oil shortage, we didn't learn from that, and we have more oil to supply the world than we ever had. I'm not saying we can't diversify our energy supply uh, the way we get energy, but I certainly can't say sit here and say we don't need oil anymore, and we don't need gas engines and things like that, because there's no way we can just go to electric. Stand up, pay attention understand the agenda, and think twice about what they're trying to do. Common sense tells you, common sense tells you that we cannot go ahead and have all electric everything. How are we going to supply the electricity? Lithium? Well, it's not just for me. You've heard it from everybody. Most lithium batteries are over in China and South America. Okay? Probably going to be some also in... in uh, Coming, coming out in uh, uh, Africa as China is going in there mining everything. We're going to let China control everything we do. We saw the downside of that from the pandemic when the, all the healthcare essentials came out of 
China. I know we're moving our chips over here, but what are we doing about healthcare? I haven't seen any manufacturing healthcare coming over, have you? We got to look at what's going on with this agenda and start thinking about it more in a common sense way. I'm sorry, man. I don't like seeing the dollar go down. I don't like seeing inflation go up. I hate our energy policy. I hate our border uh, policy. I mean, it's not one or two things. I want to come up with something that this administration and our Congress can hang their hat on and say, hey, you know what? It's pretty good. The market's hung in there. They came back. People are excited, right? Do you understand earnings are going down? Do you understand that uh, that that the wage is are going higher in an inflationary time? Do you understand that our politi- our uh, our Congress and our president is increasing our balance sheets, which will increase inflation by raising the dollar, the debt ceiling? Massive spending does what? We saw what it does. It creates inflation. We've had higher inflation than we've ever had than we've had in what forty years. Because they won't stop spending. They had to realize coming out of the pandemic and spending, this was going to happen. And what do they do? They shut off the energy supply. Energy. Think about it. When they talk about economic numbers, right? And they talk about the CPI and stuff. Core inflation. X, food and energy. They say it's because those two are the most volatile. No, those two are the the things we use the most. It's energy and food. They take it out. It's the other stuff for the most part we can do without. We can't do without food. We can't do without energy. They take it out. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. CPI was down. Why? Because oil prices got down. What's going to happen the next month? The next month as the oil prices now have been going higher. You see gasoline prices back in the 450 range. These are things that nobody wants to talk about. Our media is so bad. They are such, I don't even know what you want to call them because they are the ones that are creating this because they will not be objective and tell the truth about what's going on. If you just want with, if you just want to have a left agenda, then go ahead and give us solutions on how it's going to fix our economy. It's not by spending $100 trillion over time or $900 billion, whatever it is, on, 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 on doing green initiatives while we're sitting in an inflationary time wages going up and we can't get enough people to work fix the problems and don't tell me our green initiative is to get rid of oil production because that's not going to work that's what's created this problem let's just go the other way Let's just go down memory lane. And when 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 Biden came in, he didn't ra- he didn't go ahead and cut drilling. He increased it. Say, say he allowed it and didn't put all these regulations on everything. And had the oil companies actually help us produce enough oil for us and produce enough oil for our European allies and the rest of the allies around the world? Oh, what happens then? We have a, a little bit more uh, maybe pollution, but why don't we use technology to make it cleaner? But what really happens? Money flows to the United States. We are in control of the energy. We're not dealing with the Saudis. We're not dealing with Russia. We're not dealing with uh, 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 down in South America. 
We are in control. China, you want oil? Okay, if you're not getting it from Russia, where are you going to get it from? We are in control of oil. But we do away with that. But think about it. Oil prices would be at $40, $50 a, a gallon uh, uh, to drill, a barrel. $40, $50. Inflation wouldn't be high. We would have massive jobs. Transportation would be so much lower to bring goods. Our supply chain would have been opened up. So much would have happened if we just went the other way on a policy on energy coming out of the pandemic. But who's ever in his ear, which you, I don't know if you saw the other day, he actually, I think that was the first time I saw a president talking with an earpiece in his ear and someone telling him what, it had to be telling him what to say or telling him to shut up or don't go down that line or something. We are in trouble, people, because nobody wants to look at the agenda, stop and think, and come up with common sense solutions. And it's not one, or it's not two, and it's not three. We have like 10 of them. And all they want to do is fight and fight with each other. Well, here's what we got going on, people. We have an inflation cycle that's taken longer and longer, mostly because labor continually continue to increase. We have a labor shortage, so we have to pay people more to be working, which means we got to keep prices higher to pay this. The Federal Reserve is going to raise another quarter and probably also one in June. They are not cutting. Promise you, they are not cutting unless a black swan event occurs and we just fall into a deep recession, which I do not believe we're going to do, but we're going to be in a longer drawn-out recession here, okay? Earnings are coming down. The, the Fed is not going to pivot and cut. We have no more quantitative easing, especially in 2023. And we're stepping up quantitative tightening, tightening with the Fed, right? Think about all that. That's not good. We have an inflation cycle taking longer. We have the, the uh, 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 administration with massive spending, so what's going to happen? The recession would have started already if it wasn't this massive spending. But we see signs of it. I see signs of it. It's going to take a little longer. But what you're going to have in the short term is just what we're doing, back and forth, back and forth. What they're doing right now is going to create a long-term disaster. Our dollar going down, inflation staying high, interest rates staying high, and our federal deficit continues to grow. Our federal debt is high and continues to go higher, and nobody wants to stop and think and say, common sense, we cannot let this happen. We're going to have to raise the debt ceiling, and they don't want to stop the debt ceiling. They don't want to put a cap on there and start telling everyone they got to stop spending. We need to stop spending. We need to go the other way. So what's going to happen is you're seeing a decrease in earnings, which could continually decrease, which eventually puts us in a recession. Hopefully not a deep one. I don't think a deep one's coming. P.E. ratios are going down, which means stocks are going down, which means eventually we're going to get to an area where I think would be a good place to buy, which is under 3,500 on the S&P 500. We're about 4,000, 4,100 change right now we come down to about 39 38 on the downside sometimes we break that and go down under 3500 you'll hear me banging on the table 
to start being a buyer because our P.E. ratios will be good. We'll finally get the, the, uh, our politicians to start stop spending because inflation is getting out of hand. We won't do that. We'll start doing the right things. And this is all stuff before we start attacking our health care, our Medicare, and our Social Security system, which we all know is creating so many problems down the road. We need to stop kicking that can. We need to stop and look at our agendas. We need to start thinking. And we got to put common sense in and come up with a way that we can go ahead and agree with both sides not being happy and both sides not being sad. Well, somehow we got to do it. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Money Money Show. Welcome back, everybody. It's The Money Matters Show. We have everybody here today. We got Dave Sherwood, Dylan Greenberg, Todd, Lick, and myself going ahead to try to bring you some information. Hope you enjoyed the monologue. For some reason, you missed it, want to see it. All you got to do is go to Money Matters with Dean Greenberg, and you can pull it up the podcast tomorrow. Yeah, podcast, website. Whatever. It's really a really nice way to listen to this We show. also have on our website, if you just click the, the microphone icon, it will send you to a page that will have a link to all of the different podcast platforms that you could possibly be listening on. So it's really nice homepage. I would go there if you don't know how to access it. And I do hear from time to time people that listen to the first half because they're going to church or listen to the second half because they got out of church. And you don't have to do that. You can listen to the entire thing. Yeah. Pretty nice. So the big headline this week, Dean. Gonna go for a second term, huh? <laughs> I don't. I don't think he's going. I think it's. Uh, he thinks he's going. But you know, the interesting part about it is, if he were to be reelected, heaven forbid, uh, he would be eighty-six when the term was up, and his odds of making it to eighty-six are less than fifty percent statistically. Yeah. So well, if you're voting for him, you're voting for President Kamala. In part, yeah, because that's exactly. I mean, or, there, or, or did you who re, who resigned the other day, on the same day he announced? Oh yeah, um, Susan Rice. Susan Rice, thank you. Right, I couldn't think of her first name. Now, obviously, none of us know anything, but that's kind of weird that she she resigned on the same day he did it. Now, is there going to be somehow that maybe she ends up running? You know them? There is a second person on the Democratic ticket right now. There is a second person right. who's announced for president. I don't know anything about him, but a, but the news media ha, is portraying him as a bit of a, a nut job. And he gets 20% in most polls. He gets 20%. Well, what about uh, if R.F. Kennedy runs? Yeah, R.F. Kennedy. <laughs> he's, start, he's starting to get some traction. Yeah. What is he, the grandson or... or uh, I think he's a grandson, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, it would seem like I'm that would make sense, right? It makes sense that people would just want some someone new. Well, something, well, something new and something. Young, if you someone... listen to him, he, he's kind of you know he's more in the middle, which is why the Democrats won't push him. Someone right. younger too. Younger is he's, younger is really important. Yeah, we are really getting down a hole here with a seventy-eight-year-old run against an eighty-two-year-old. This is I really this is the best we can do. Well, you know, it, it's it's hard to you know. It's, a, it's amazing, though, when you look at what's going on right now politically, because you see Biden, and he's got no backing, even from his own party. You see Trump, everyone's trying to keep him out, and he's got everyone, all the polls are saying he's winning. Are they lying about the polls? I don't know. I mean, I don't think they are. No, I, I think he's he's a, a, the most recognizable name in the, in the race, and there are, he has uh, animate supporters. 
Uh, you know, I think they're very vocal on social media too. They are Trump they supporters, are. so that's why you see more of that as well. Right, you're, you're going you're to see you're going to see that, and, and, and it'll him, be interesting how how it goes down. I mean, <laughs> I have no problems with him going ahead and discussing the things he did that were really good compared to what's happened in short two years. The border stuff, it's just the amazing. Economy, it's amazing. All that. I love the fact that he's pointing that out. I just can't believe it's happening with all this mess that's going on. How, how, how we're in this, how we can look at our country and say it's okay to go after him and do everything they're doing to him, but not touch Biden. How could the media allow that? Why isn't the media asking questions about everything? I think you hear it on Fox, and that's, that's the only place you're going to hear it. Yeah. Is Who a, knows where they're going to? Well, and that's a whole nother. You know story. what I mean? They're going to become a, a little uh, lollygagging, be uh, we can't really say much type thing because you know they got they got hit pretty big. It's going to see what what shoes are yet to fall there too. Yeah, I mean uh, uh, Maria was in this thing way more than uh, than Tucker. Uh, is is she going to go? I, I don't. Know. It, it's interesting. But, uh, April typically one of the better months for the market, and with two days left, we were down. A percent and a half, and at the end of the month, we were up a percent and a half. I know. Uh, and uh, Meta uh, tech earnings were, were, for the most part, have been pretty darn good, mm-hmm. uh, way better than what was expected. And Meta, in particular, uh, uh, one that we missed, frankly, uh, because we were, you know, he was running. Uh, Zuckerberg was running that car at eighty miles an hour right into a concrete wall, and we were all holding our hands over our eyes so we didn't watch it and. And when we took our hands away, he had turned it around and was he had miles down the road. Yeah, it was very, uh, very interesting reversal there. We'll have, a, we'll have another chance. Maybe not as low they got before. I hope not. I mean, the the, de- the text got desor- des- destroyed last year, especially yeah. the last quarter of last year. So a lot of that has a rebound. Remember, they still have a lot more upside to go from where they were just a mere two years ago. The the tech stocks that are going to obviously get a lot of play right now are all the ones with artificial intelligence sure and, and there's a lot of small ones i mean if you want to go into those those are risky because you don't know which ones are going to produce or not if you go into maybe what some of these etfs that have robotics and artificial intelligence okay at least it's a little bit safer but the big boys are the ones that are controlling everything. They're the ones that are actually going to buy these companies that they think are going to fulfill to go for, further. Well, and they're the ones that have been leading this rally. As we look at the uh, at, at the market for the year to date, you look at the S&P 500 is up 8.6%. And you're going, well, my account isn't doing anywhere near that well. Well, the equal weighted S&P 500 up 2.8. Right. So if you have Microsoft, uh, NVIDIA, uh, Google, well, uh, to a lesser extent, Meta. If you have those, your account's kicking butt and taking names. If you don't have those, if you're a balanced account with a little bit of exposure to Johnson & Johnson and maybe maybe some Merck in there, maybe some Procter & Gamble in there, uh, 2.8% is what the market's up for the year. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up because the, the number of stocks that have outperformed the index so far this year is only 32%. Compare that to last year, it was 58%. 32% of, of all stocks or just stocks in the, the S&P, S&P 500? S&P. So 32% of the stocks in the S&P 500 are beating the S&P 500. Yes. What does that tell you? Where last year it was 58%. It shows that the the, the on, it's getting concentrated the 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 s&p returns getting concentrated among the big companies regional bank uh, uh issues uh, resurfaced again this week dean mm-hmm. uh, or last week uh with the uh first republic 
the poster child uh, of uh, of the bank of the regional bank problem, uh, San Francisco-based company. They reported that they had lost fifty percent. Uh, actually, the report said they'd lost forty percent of their deposits. What that report didn't tell you is that fifteen percent of the deposits, or thirty billion dollars, were put in by major banks. They bought thirty billion dollars worth of CDs from First First Republic to keep them afloat. So they actually lost, of their retail base, they lost 50% of their deposits, which was way bigger well, than and what, then, what and most. And then, then it came out with Silicon Valley Bank, SVB, that it was poor management, okay? You know, if you're going to do the audit now, I mean, Dave, you see how it is. They audit us small firms like crazy. Yep. Where were the auditors? Where was the FDIC? Where were the people there? Where were the signs? Why aren't they looking at these type of firms instead of just saying, oh, they're okay, there's no problem? Why aren't they going in and digging deeper with them than they are with all these small companies that are out there? A small company is not going to hurt. These big companies are the ones that are going to hurt. Well, there's First Republic in San Francisco. You know, Had you ever heard of them? Maybe you had, maybe you hadn't. They had $300 billion in deposits. Yeah, exactly. $300 billion. Yeah, and I mean, right before we got on the uh, air to record this, uh, Reuters reported that FDIC has, well, someone, they haven't reported FDIC themselves, but someone close to the matter says FDIC is going to take First Republic into receivership. Okay, that was being uh, talked about uh, Friday, and uh, it was being speculated that probably was where they were going to go. That stock had gone from $170 to 3 <laughs> in literally a matter of weeks. Well, people kept thinking they were going to merge or do something you know, or something. But uh, I'll tell you right now, the banking system is not in trouble like it was 2008. Just not. Okay? No. The, the capitalization things are there. They need to have capital. There's people that can come to the rescue and do those things. The mid-sized ones, the regional banks, are the ones that are going to have the biggest problems. The big banks aren't going to have the big problems. It's the regional ones that could have the big problems if there's a sniff of any more problems with it. The good news is is that you will have uh, a lot of mergers and, col- uh, and consolidations. I think that's what you're going to see. To stave off any bad problems like we had 2008, you're going to start seeing a lot of these banks come together. We have way too many banks. We don't need these too many banks. Absolutely. So come together. And honestly, the banking system should be used for what it's used for. Right? It's almost a utility. The big banks are totally different. They got trading departments. They got everything else. But we need to be able to know we can put money in the bank and get some interest off of it. We, we got to know that we can use it as a, uh, a resource for writing checks, uh, a resource for uh, uh, getting CDs if we want, and a resource for doing uh, 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 banking back and business banking and all. That's what we need the banks for. Um, you know, and the banks make money the way they're supposed to make money. But when you start going into all these other areas and you have these banks like First Republic and Silicon, which go basically on the edge of a little bit more risky, that's has to go in a whole different category, period. You talked about earning a little interest. Uh, we've had a lot of interest in the MIGA, the multi-year guaranteed annuity. Well, yeah, I mean, we're coming up on a break. I just think that touching, finishing up the, the conversation on the banks – uh, more consolidation to the banks is not always, in my opinion, a good thing because it makes it easier for the government to impose certain restrictions going forward. And we've already seen this with what they're doing with mortgage loans. They could do it more with on the private side. So consolidation, I don't think, is always something that could be good. Well, 
new, do use banking for the banking is used for. Let the big banks be able to do some of the other things, and you don't need to consolidate those. We'll be back. This is the Money Matters Show. We do appreciate you all listening. Say it's only a paper Welcome back, everybody. It's the Money Matters Show. Appreciate you listening and being part of what we do. We try to go ahead and bring you the best information you can. We want you to understand, you know, get to understand us a little bit, understand our thoughts, where we sit, what we're thinking about, you know, and obviously we're here to help you. We, we give you our free information on here. We're, we, we're here for um, a, uh, doing plans for you. I mean, we talk about them all the time. We have people every day coming in for doing a financial plan. And here's the deal. We tell you it's a free financial plan. It's free. There's no catches to it. There's no nothing. We look at it. We analyze it. We had somebody come in this week. They did the financial plan. They wanted to do some type of annuity. They didn't need anything else. We told them no. They didn't need it. And they walked out, but they got the whole financial plan. You do not have to do business with us to get the financial plan. Right. They wanted to do some type of annuity, and we said that's not an advisable thing to do. Not exactly. that we wouldn't do it. Right. <laughs> well, it just didn't make sense for his situation. Correct. That's why it was, we it ended just up wasn't, doing wasn't it. a proper investment. It, yeah. And we were just going to lock up too much money. And that's what we. He didn't you want to go somewhere need. else and do it? Then that's. Somebody, you know. somebody somewhere else might sell them it because they'll get a commission, but sure. that's not what we're trying to do here. No. We're all about education. That's what we've always harped on on this on this program. And when you come in and sit with us, that's what it's all about is education. We want to look at your financial situation and actually go into all the weeds because that's where we can find out whether or not a product is right for you. Just looking at you from a high, you know, 10,000 foot overview, you're going to miss some things that were actually going to be prudent to actually making a, a financial decision. So when it comes to making big decisions in finances, you have to work on a plan. It can't just be based on, oh, this might give me a return or this is a better return here over there. How does it fit into your picture in terms of liquidity, return, risk, cash flow? All these things are th- things you need to keep in mind. Right before the break, I mentioned the MIGA uh, because we have had a lot of people interested. Todd, you got some information on that Friday? Yes, it has updated their rates. They have dropped from the 5.4%. That was the high so far for the five-year MIGA. Now it's at 5.25%. MIGA um, being, one remind people? Yeah, MIGA is a multi-year guaranteed annuity. It's a lot like a CD or a bank, uh, essentially what happens is you put in $100,000, right? It's going to be locked up for five years. You can withdraw a penalty free about 5% each year, but it is a surrender schedule for that five years. And you get the compounded guaranteed interest of about 5.25% for those five years. And so you can actually calculate how much interest you would accumulate over those five years and know exactly how much you would finish with. And it's tax deferred during those five years, which is a, a really nice advantage as well. Right. Compared to the money in a bank, in a CD... Yeah, you're paying taxes on it, all right, and 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 it's usually a lower lower amount. The other side of it is if there's cash in the bank and you're just sitting there, the money, you don't treasuries. At least you don't pay uh, the uh, federal uh, the tax uh, state, state tax, tax right. on, to, uh, on the on them. And this and you can do more than two hundred fifty thousand, right. You can do a billion. Uh, well, you can do a billion. But no, no what do you think Warren Buffett does with his money? Exactly, they go into <laughs> treasuries. In they go yeah. into treasuries. Yeah, and the nice thing about treasuries too is more liquid in the sense that there's no surrender schedule. There's no lockup period like there is with annuities. I had someone call me. We were talking about this uh, this past week, and and she said, "Well, I'm hearing that that's not a good place to have money now." I said, "Wait a second. That's the safest investment in the world." <laughs> Did you ask her who told her that? I had, absolutely. Well, what's safer, Dylan? 
No, I'm saying did you ask her who said that? No, she said she said I'm I'm hearing that that's not a good place to have money now. Where'd she hear it from? Who knows? Her friends, TV, uh, a blog is trying to get her into gold. Who who knows? And the thing about treasuries is you can lose money if you sell it at a loss. But if you hold to maturity, you are guaranteed your principal plus the interest of that treasury. The only thing I can imagine is the uh, the debt ceiling debate had got more mileage last week. Got a little bit more. Uh, you started hearing a little bit Maybe. more about it. And and you know. Congress has always acted since 1960, all right, since 1960, they've had this debate 78 times, 78 times, and 100% of those 78 times, they raised the ceiling because there is no alternative. And thus, we are at $33 trillion worth of debt. Yeah, and, and, and not only that, but the, the budget, the current budget uh, is $1.5 trillion above projected tax revenue. So you, you can't even begin to, to stop the bleeding. And so now if the if Congress, and I give them credit for trying to say, hey, let's, let's stop this, let's cut back this. You've got to cut back $1.5 trillion. And they're never going to be able to do that. In and simple terms, Dylan, explain that. Okay, if we're only bringing in... So tax revenue is bringing in, say... They're bringing in one trillion dollars right now, and yeah. just using numbers, they bring in one trillion dollars a year in tax revenue. The government is budgeting for two point five trillion dollars, right? Which makes no sense, right? If you're a normal person and you bring home, say, ten thousand dollars a month, are you going to budget for fifteen thousand dollars of worth of expenses? Yeah, no. But the government doesn't care because they'll just issue new money, issue more bills, and just keep raising the debt ceiling because they don't care. It makes no sense. It's just it's, we're just in debt. They just have no concept of budget, or they just don't care. It just seems like an insurmountable problem to me. I don't know where it, where it is stops. What it is. Plus, we're having less and less kids. Right. Okay. So if the population isn't growing the way it was growing before, because people are having no kids or one kid or two kids, where I mean, we used to have see we had four. I know people six, eight, ten kids. How is they going to keep that tax base going? I I, I don't know. I. I You've got to obviously stop spending, but you've gotten yourself to to be such a uh, a spend thrift that you you can't possibly do it. And then I, add, I I don't know. And then they add on all the illegal immigrants that they're letting come in, sure that we're paying for, and we get nothing from them. And you and you how about and, changing that system, Dave? Yep. And you and you see a billion here, a billion there, like Everett Dirksen said. Years ago, Dean, you and I were around. Uh, you, a billion here, a billion there. Eventually, you're talking real money. Yeah, you know. I mean, every time, oh, 19 billion to Ukraine, 19 billion here. Oh, we need to send 650 million dollars here. We got to do this, Dave. Can you imagine we actually focused on ourselves and then built it up from there? Everyone else would be better off. Could you imagine if we were selling oil? <laughs> just which, sell oil which we could oil prices come down inflation comes down our, do- our money goes up everybody's happier putin i heard last week putin has enough money to run the war for another year <laughs> so, you know how so how's that working how are those sanctions working out yeah well I it's mean, just it's mind-boggling this is I, anyway the the debt discussion goes on um the uh, in closing on that subject uh six, 78 times uh in the last 63 years uh, this has come up, which is once every nine months. I did the math for you. 49 times under Republican presidents, 29 times under Democratic presidents, 100% of the time the debt ceiling has been raised because there is no option. 
you, you can't refuse to raise the debt ceiling and have the United States default. Well, it was about that one year where they had the uh, federal parks shut down for a couple months. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. that's government. That's the funding. The government. Is that a different? Yeah. That's a different deal. Okay. That's funding. That's the funding of the government. Bottom line is they're going to raise the debt ceiling because we have to. What they're trying to do, what, what McCarthy's trying to do, is at least then cut our spending going forward. So we're not increasing as fast as we're doing. And they refuse to do it. And Biden's an idiot for not sitting down with him and coming up with something because we cannot keep spending this money. He figures he'll be dead anyway. He won't care. Put it, kick it down the kick it down the can down the road. Yeah, it's president. It somebody president else. Kamala's problem. Politicians. <laughs> <laughs> she can, can, she cannot be president. That's unbelievable. Else. She cannot be president. Can you imagine? No. Oh my goodness. She was the worst candidate in primaries. Oh, got the I least. Know. And all of a sudden, she could be president. It's uh, Biden looks popular compared to her. Guys, and you know what we're forgetting, too? What a mess we've made over in the Middle East right now. Yeah. All right? Oh, yeah. I mean, think about Iran and the fact that they are building up, stockpiling, and and it's very close to nuclear weapons over there. Saudis, who are our friends, and Israel's friends, are now going ahead and working with China and Russia. We had to evacuate people out of the embassy in Sudan. Yeah, and we don't really talk about that, but I mean, right. that's an interesting development as well. It is. Israel is out on an island over there, out on an island, and and I realize it's not an island, but <laughs> but how are they going to pretend? They're not going to sit back and wait for us to do stuff. Something could happen in the next year over there, which could be the Black Swan event. They also do have one of the best air defense missile systems that have ever been. Built by we any country yeah, of all time. That. The Patriot missiles are yeah. everywhere there. It's the only way they're going to survive. Yeah. And, and, and we had peace accord. We had a peace accord two years ago. Now it's gone. It's, it's weird, man. Depressing. And the media doesn't make a big deal of it. But boy, if, if, if Trump ends up winning again, all they will do is hammering them, hammering, hammering. It'll be the worst thing out there, and they will divide the country again. But maybe the country has to stand up and think, what? wait. What did he do that was good? What did I not like? Okay, I, 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 I'm not even a favor of Biden, but I like, the, I like the fact, out of sight, out of mind, which is going on. You never hear from him. You never question him. So you're never going ahead and hearing what he was really thinking or doing. This country's being controlled by somebody. We don't know who's pulling the strings, but their, their agenda is horrible. Yeah, right. And costing us money. Everyone with common sense laughs when we said we're going to electric car. Everything electric. Dave, this summer, how many times do you think we're going to have a shutdown in California, Chicago, and New York because they can't have enough electricity for air conditioning? We had a, a blackouts or brownouts before there were electric cars, and now you add electric cars to the grid. We, we did quite a, a piece uh, a couple weeks ago about uh, the, the adding to the grid and how the grid just isn't there for you. Uh, there was a, we were talking about uh, Sioux Indians in South Dakota mm-hmm. uh, who had come up with a, this idea for a solar farm uh, on this desolate land, and there was no way they could sell the energy to the grid without paying something like $40 million to expand the grid. Yeah, Same. bottom line. Ridiculous. Toyota, biggest car company hybrid. in the world. Hybrid, baby. They will not go all electric because they believe hybrid's the right way. Common sense tells me hybrid's the right way. Cut down on oil, increase the electric, have both. So when you're driving and all of a sudden your, your, your gauge says you have no more electricity <laughs> and you're in the middle of nowhere, you're not sitting there going, how am I going to get home? We'll be right back. We so much enjoy you all listening. 
and we really enjoy meeting you when you come in. This is the Money Matters Show. We'll speak to you in a second. Say it's only a paper Welcome back, everybody. This is the second hour of the Money Matters Show. Remember, if you want to hear more, you missed any part, you want to go back and listen, just go to Money Matters with Dean Greenberg. It's a podcast that you can go back and listen to any part of the show at any time. Um, we also do TV on KVOA on Sunday nights at 1030. And we also have, and these are a little different. We do 30-minute spots on Saturday, which are a little bit more educational than this sort of uh, like, this is like our ideas, what's going on. And it's kind of a, a, a talk show that we've done for, uh, I've done it for 33 years. What do you want now, Dave? <laughs> Pandemic, so three. Three? Yeah. I'm on four. Four years for Dave? Probably for Dylan. seven months. <laughs> it's uh, it's good. It brings you. It gets you to understand who we are, what we're doing, and what we think. We're no different when you come to see us. That might be the biggest thing when people come see us. They go, you know, you're just like I, I expected. You just, you, you know, you, 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 you talk the same. You do the same. Everything's the same. And I was like, I'm glad that because I don't want to have a TV or, or radio personality that's different than my regular personality. You guys really get along. That's what I hear yeah. them. <laughs> you guys really get along like it sounds like you do? Right. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. It's no, I was talking. Pretty much. I was talking with someone over the uh, the week, and they were talking about the fact that their experiences with other big wire houses with, when doing financial plans, it always felt very salesy. And at the end, they felt almost obligated to do something. And the sales, the financial advisor would really push them to go into a certain product after doing the financial plan. And that deters a lot of people to do other financial plans with other independent advisors that don't act in that manner. And so I really want to put that if you had other financial plans with other big wirehouses in the past and did not enjoy your experience, give us a try because I'm telling you it's going to be different. It's interesting too because obviously Dave and I have been in this business a lot longer. Financial planning was just set up really by the insurance companies to sell insurance. It's probably over the... last two, three, maybe four years, maybe five, that it's really turned a corner. Mm-hmm. That you can do real fun, simple financial planning for people. It's not about just doing the big estate planning. That's what it was always about. Doing the financial planning for the estate planning so they can sell the insurance to cover the expenses if, if something or to, Or to get a fee for the financial plan. Because right. I, I, I worked for a firm years ago that it was a, a $1,500 per financial plan and every broker was required to do 10 of them a year. Yeah. Inflate that over 15 years. There's, huh? some, there's some income for you if you got 30 brokers. Right. So now what you do is we look at it, we do it. So we get to know you. It builds a relationship. We talk to you. We get to know what you think and where you want, what your needs are, where, where you want to go. And we put it together and we give you a picture. At the end of the day, all we're trying to do is reduce your stress that when you get to retirement or you're in retirement, you're not going to run out of money. And what you want to do with the money is that we've always also brought on an estate planner. Estate planning attorney. Yeah. Yeah. And John's been great. And he's in our office and he's great. We work together. And what's, what's great about it is now we just not just do the financial plan. We do the entire estate plan. So we need a will or a trust or whatever. We get it done. We're not doing it. We can't be an expert in everything. The financial plan prints it out. You need an attorney to do the estate plan. We have it. We are the money managers. That's what separates us. And we don't sit there and tell you, oh, don't worry about it. 
the markets will come back. We look, we make decisions, we mitigate risk. We're not trading every day. We're mitigating risk. We're putting on positions. We're hedging accounts. We're waiting for the opportunity for when things look like everyone else wants to sell. That's when we want to buy. Well, no, but in 2022, uh, with interest rates rising from, what, a half to four and a half uh, over a 12-month period, uh, long-term bonds just absolutely got slaughtered. Yeah. And if you're sitting there going, they're going to come back, the only way they're going to come back is if interest rates get back down to a quarter. Right. Probably we, not reasonable to expect. Or you wait till maturity and some of these maturities right. are and 20 we, of years around. We've spoken about this ad nauseum probably, but in the spring of 2021, we were a little early. We moved all of our fixed income to short term because we knew that was going to happen. And then we moved, went one more step and put it into individual bonds that have specific maturity dates. So our clients, rather than losing 30% on their fixed income portfolio, uh, we're down more like three to five percent, and because all of these bonds are going to mature, they're going to get all of that money back. Right, and when you also couple that with hedging of the portfolio using the strategies we have, um, you're really able to mitigate risk, and that's what it's all about. Right, and we have we've been very we've been playing defense. Uh, quite honestly, uh, I'm a little surprised at this uh, rally that we've had over the past few months. I'm surprised to see us almost twenty percent off of the loading from last October. Uh, that's a pretty good rally. Um, well, we thought it would rally the first part of the year. Right, right. But okay, the money's in April. We got through April. This is where it is. We'll see what happens in May. May's, you know, kind of hanging in there, not really. But then we got June, July. It's slow. But then we got to August, September, October. We're trying to get to there. All right. What's happened is this inflation thing seems to be laggering longer. Everyone out there that's buying now. Things that the that the it's going to be a big rally after the uh, Fed uh, stops raising rates. The problem is we're going to see a, uh, earnings in decrease. Okay, and what does that happen when they decrease? People stop spending money right now. Look at all the layoffs going on, albeit mostly in tech, but it's coming to a spinoff in other companies. Thousands, thousands, thousands. every week. Right, Disney thousands. unemployment is starting to go up. They're doing the things that they, they need to do. Eventually, people feel it. They don't have jobs. They don't spend money, Dave. Right. Okay? You're not spending money. What happens to earnings? They go down. What happens when earnings go down? You have a recession. When you have a recession, what happens to the price-earnings ratios? They go down. Eventually, what happens? Stock prices go down. And then people get scared because the media keeps building it up. And what do we do? Our experience tells us start opening up the basket and start looking for great opportunities and quality stocks to buy. Sure. And, and at some point when we think interest rates are peak, we'll go, go long the long treasury bond. You know, right. Then you want to make money on bonds. Uh, we, we tried to uh, not lose money on bonds over the last year and a half, and we were very successful at that. So that's one of the, uh, one of the smarter things we ever did, and, and uh, I like to keep talking about it. Uh, <laughs> through, through, uh, we didn't update the markets uh, first, hour, uh, first segment of the second half. Uh, Year-to-date, uh, Dow up 2.9, uh, equal-weighted S&P 500 up 2.8. So you figure, well, the market's up about 3%. <laughs> Not so fast. Tech up 17%, S&P 500 up 8.6%. Uh, what we said in the first hour is is if, you, if you're looking at your portfolio and you're saying, well, but the S&P's up 8.6, I'm up nowhere near that. Remember, the more equal-weighted S&P uh, 500 is up 2.8. So your account should be up around 3%. If you've got some fixed income in there, maybe it's more like 2%. And I'd like to point out that if you really are chasing that 8.6, 
you have to realize you're going to have an extremely risky portfolio. Well, you have a portfolio to have the metal, that probably to lost. The yeah, it probably lost more than fifty percent last year. If you because these are socks that are like Google, Tesla, Apple, Meta. So these are the big caps, right? They lost a lot of value last year. I think S and P five hundred last year at the low was down thirty, close to thirty percent. So you have to be. That is, by the way, the best way to grow money is to be one hundred percent invested in the S and P five hundred at all times, or our model, which has uh, the Dow and the Nasdaq, one hundred percent invested in the stocks at all times. But almost no one can handle that level of volatility. Yeah, or if they think they can, when they actually do experience the volatility, they they did not realize what it would feel like in that moment. Very good point. Very good point. And and I've said before, we sleep nights because you sleep nights. And if you've got the pedal to the metal, in many cases, uh, you're not sleeping nights. Well, just when it was a few years ago, right? We had people that came in. We were top. We talked. We talked about the valuations top and everything else. They want to get more more aggressive. Yes. And they put more money in, and they made a little money to start with, and then boom, the next year they started losing money. In the same stocks, they made the money, and it got worse and worse, and what did they do? They got nervous, closed the account. Yep. They couldn't take it anymore. Yep. Risk tolerance has nothing to do with anything but your emotions. And this particular client you're talking about didn't need the money. It didn't matter whether it was just to, to, to pick a number. It didn't matter if he had 100000 or 80000 or 60000 or 150000 because he didn't need the money for anything. It was just a nest egg. Also, with that, though, with risk tolerance, you might have the max risk tolerance and be very aggressive and want to be very aggressive, but you still need to diversify. We were talking to a prospect uh, last week, and apparently his money manager sold. He was diversified all in equity and funds and stuff like that, but apparently they sold every one of them except for one, which was large cap tech, because mm. he likes to be aggressive. But that's all they had. They threw all of his money in there, and he was kind of wondering why <laughs> they would do that. And even then, they had a, and the advisor he was talking to had a bleak outlook on the market too. And we were, uh, we were asking him like, "Do you know why he did that?" He said, "I don't know why he did that. I don't want it like that." And I was like, "I don't suggest you be in one fund, regardless of your risk tolerance. You don't want to be in one fund." And then we looked up the portfolio. It's Meta. It's Nvidia. It's Apple. It's Google. It's all the big tech companies which have been doing well lately. So it looks like the fund is doing well. And that's the only thing I could think of why the guy would put him in there. But it doesn't make sense to. Even if your max risk is you want and you don't need the money and you got time, you still got to diversify in a sense of uh, risk. Was it a fee based account? It was on top of the so he's taking fund. a fee to hold the mutual fund that charges a fee. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's fair. Yep, and that's what we were like. Maybe there's a fee behind the scenes. I don't know, but it made no sense why he would do that. And there were, and his justification or the advisor was probably, you want a lot of risks. Here's a lot of risk, but they're doing it when the thing the fund is already up. And it's looking good already for them. And the one thing to keep in mind about these mutual funds is with ETFs, you have expense ratios. That's the amount of percentage of the assets you're holding with them. They're charging you on an annual basis to be invested in that fund. But with mutual funds, you have an expense ratio and a tax drag ratio because it's not as tax efficient as ETFs. So not only do you get an expense ratio and a tax drag, you're also paying a fee on top of that for the money manager that puts you in that fund. You know, I'm talking about taxes, okay? You know, if we keep going down the road we are, the only way we're going to be able to pay the ter- the deficit and pay all- and pay down the debt and, and, and keep the spending going is if they tax us more. Oh, absolutely. And there's a good chance down the road somewhere we're going to have to bite the bullet at least for a few years and pay more in taxes 
to get our hands around this. So, Roth conversions are very, very, very smart and constructive in the markets we're in right now. Remember, we were at 4,800 not too long ago. If we fall this year and we get down to that 36, 35, 34, 3,300, a Roth conversion coming out of your IRA. Don't just sell it and pay the taxes now and pay the taxes out of an IRA and don't put it in a Roth. Take the money out, pay the taxes, put it in a Roth, so at least when it grows and comes back over the next two, three, four, five, ten years, whatever you got, guess what? You won't have to pay taxes on that money. No, that's the smartest move you can make when the market's down is doing a Roth conversion. Yeah, and there's limits, too. Uh, we, so we suggest yes. you talk to your CPA so you don't put yourself into the next tax bracket. Good point, Dylan. Good point. Well, or Medicare. Or Medicare bracket. know about that is if you take us up on using a plan or use somebody, but you might as well talk to us, okay? Come in and do the plan and see if a Roth conversion even makes sense for you. Yeah, exactly. Other other news this week, Dean. We uh, got GDP was up one point one percent. They expected two, but it kind of they kind of yawned, didn't they? Uh, it seems yeah. like that's a pretty significant miss. Well, I think that was one of the reasons the markets might have gone up. The GDP was less than expected. Are you thinking lower so, interest rates? Yeah, because it's because basically, well, not lowering, but stop raising them. No, lower lower interest rates, not yeah. not them lowering interest yeah. rates. That will have. A, don't forget, rates have come down twenty percent. While the Fed is raising rates. So what they do Wednesday, who cares? They're anticipating the Fed to stop raising rates. Yes. That's what they're doing. But everyone thinks because they stop raising rates, they're going to look around and say, okay, let's." the market could have a little bit of a rally. It's, but then the, it's going to, reality is going to hit. And say, wait a second. Where are we? If we stop raising rates, that means they're afraid of the economy. They're afraid of the market. Where's the recession coming? We're still inverted on the yield curve. Yeah. Things don't change. 100% of the time when we've had an inverted yield curve, at some time in the future, there was always a recession. The most important number to the Fed, or what we hear is the most important number to the Fed, is the personal consumption index. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, personal expenditure. Personal cons- yeah. I know, personal consumption. And wages. Wage increase. And more so the core PC than yeah, the headline. That's what they're looking for. And, and today, uh, Friday, we heard that uh, uh, the personal consumption index for March was up three-tenths of a percent, which is 3.6% annual rate of inflation. That's pretty tolerable. I think that's one of the reasons we had a nice rally on Friday, is that number was, was in line with expectations and, and is going in the right direction, right? Regardless, though, as they keep these interest rates high, and if they don't cut them, what's going to happen is when these loans come due and they have to refinance, either on a business level or residential or retail level, they have to have the new rate. And that new rate is going to up their payment and that payment's going to decrease the amount of discretionary income they have for other things, which then filters out through the economy. Earnings come down, stock prices come down. So it, it takes a while for this to come in throughout the economy. But it, as the interest rates stay this high, it's going to continue to choke the economy. And because what happened on Thursday and Friday, you do not sell your core positions. You hold on to those core positions of quality stocks, dividend stocks, whatever it is. What you do is you make sure you have some cash. You're mitigating risk by hedging. You've put some more money into the, uh, the, the, the bond side. You cut back on some of the positions that have really run up. And that's how you mitigate risk. And that way, when it comes down, you can sell your fixed income side to go back into your bond side and everything else. But if you're wrong... And if we're wrong, and if the markets go higher here and go back to 43, 45, 4,800 on the S&P, at least we're not starting with no zero in there. 
Right. You're adding to the positions that are already starting to move higher, and you're going to be in better shape. So oil uh, actually come down some more this week, and I don't know what's going on with gasoline prices, but oil's down a, down another dollar and a quarter to seventy six seventy. Uh, we talked uh, the last time uh, oil prices were seventy two dollars. Gasoline was around three bucks. Yeah, now and now now we're now we're seventy seven, and it's Regular. almost five bucks. It's uh, four eighty was the last I it saw. It lags a lot on the downtrend. They'll it's, be quick to move them up. But no, but I mean, Dylan, I think one of the things that's been concerning me is it's been skyrocketing. And oil hasn't. Yeah. And Nobody's I, talking I, about it either, it seems, on the news. No, and I've tried to explore this a little bit, and I hear, well, there was a maintenance of a, a refinery. Well, there was a pipeline in Alabama that burst. And, you know, they just uh, my, my wife said, do you think they're trying to force us all to get electric cars? <laughs> well, this is a concerted effort on the, I'm thinking, I'm not a conspiracy guy. I'm thinking, ah, oh, no, it's impossible, right? They can't all be getting together. To, what are you talking about? They're telling you. They want everyone by 2030 to have electric cars. They're telling you. No, Biden's saying that. Yes, well, but with I'm the, sorry, but he's... I mean, if the Biden's telling gas companies, hey, um, increase your profit margins, I'm going to be mad at you on, in public, but I'll let you keep doing it regulatorily. You don't think gas companies are going to say, oh, I'm, I'm going to yeah, take Certainly advantage. the refineries are not crying about this. You know? Right. The, I mean, the, you, the, that margin has expanded dramatically. Exactly. So, yes, maybe your cost of good product has gone up, but your the price you're getting for your product has gone way up. Right. So that that margin has expanded. Uh, gold was up nine bucks, nineteen ninety. It traded above two thousand on and off for the last uh, two or three weeks. I just kind of wonder: is that kind of the the as high as it's going to go until there's some type of uh, feels like it almost uh, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It feels like okay, two thousand got to sell, and it gets mm. down. It gets down nineteen eighty, nineteen seventy. Yeah, I better buy some. I ran, I ran the Fibonacci on the gold too, and it seems like like twenty eighty right around that level. There's some real resistance, and it kind of where where it went, and now it's already back down to two thousand. You know, it's interesting. Everyone's thinking there's going to be an event again. They just don't know what it is. You can't plan for the event. No, Black's one event. No. You couldn't plan for two thousand one. 9-11, you couldn't plan for the economic downturn, but you can see signs of what's happening. And if the if the economy gets weak and something happens, it just accelerates to the downside. That's all. That's what a the Black Swan event does. If a Black Swan event comes when things are great and the economy is great, you get a knockdown, but you come right back. Sure. But when things are not great and the weak and high interest rates, that's where the problem is. I still think whatever's going to happen in the banking system is not going to come from the United States. It's going to come outside the United States. That's possible. But there will be, uh, uh, um, you know, obviously waves that will hurt us. Well, and maybe it. we'll work our way through this. Maybe the Fed is done raising rates. Maybe we have a soft landing. The Fed can start bringing rates down, and maybe this thing goes to 4,800, and we're sitting here going, well, we didn't see that one coming. Well, we, you take what you do is you make the best decisions you can mm -hmm. with the information you have at the time. Yeah. Let's, and, use, and, let's look at it this way. Common sense, right? If you're fully invested right now with everything going on and the markets go down, you look like a real idiot. <laughs> okay. But if you cut your core positions on and the markets go up, you're just wishing you made more money. Mm -hmm. There's the difference. Right. Okay. You, ha you look at it, and no one's going to say, oh, that's great that the market went up if you're that. I mean, and if you're fully invested and you make a ton of money with the markets going high because everyone thought they'd go down, it would be great, but a lot of people would be nervous that you were way too invested. Mm -hmm. 
because it makes no sense to be fully invested right now. Well, right now, uh, what we have is we have the, the, the stock market valuations are about 30% above historic norms, right. about 30% higher than historic norms. Now, there's two ways that can come into norm, and that is by corporate earnings going up or stock prices coming down. Right. In an environment where the Fed is trying to, to slow the economy, it's hard, it wouldn't make a lot of sense to expect corporate earnings to accelerate right. to get that, that valuation back in line. It makes more sense to see the, the prices of securities come down. And based on those earnings, we are in earnings season. And I saw an interesting stat that said the average um, return, that a, a one-day price change that occurs on a stock when they report earnings over the last 10 years, it would go up 1.6% if the EPS beat. And just so for viewers, EPS is earnings per share. So if the company reported that their earnings beat expectations, the average one-day price change over the last 10 years was 1.6%. Okay. This earnings season... Those companies that reported better earnings than expectations, they're actually returning a negative 0.06% return. Really? Yeah. So, you know, you talked about it last week, Dave, how all news is bad news type of idea. And this really just points to it. Because when you look on the other side, when companies report earnings misses over the last 10 years, the average one-day price change was a negative 3% return. Right there with this season, it's minus three and a half percent return if the company miss. So investors are putting a lot more emphasis on on earnings misses than they are, than they are on earnings expectations, most likely because they don't think, I mean, earning beat expectations, they don't see that continuing into the next couple quarters. Well, it depends where they estimate. If they if they don't if they bring up earnings, then they can miss them. But if they bring down earnings, they're usually a, a beating them. And guidance is really important too. One of last year's laggards uh, was Intel. Uh, a company that can't seem to do anything right. And uh, on Friday, they reported the worst quarterly loss in the history of the company. And the stock went up 6%. <laughs> so I think maybe maybe what? it's sold out. Are they down for the year? Uh, no, they're actually out. They're actually one of the leading performers in the Dow this year. Uh, at the end of March, I think they were up 20%, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, actually rallied on the worst quarter in the history of the company. That's crazy. And it's because they think that this AI is going to change, change everything. Hmm. And we saw that uh, um, Amazon uh, came out with, with, with good numbers, but underneath the covers, Dean, the AWS uh, growth is still slowing, and that's the engine that drives Amazon. Right, the cloud. The, uh, right, exactly. And, and there's, there, is, there was some talk uh, on Friday that that may have run its course now. And again, because of AI. Intel came out and said, yeah, we, we see that, the, the, I'm sorry, Amazon came out and said, we see that AWS is continuing to slow, but we think that's hit bottom now and we'll be reversing with AI. Yeah, I mean, it still hit that stock, though. And after I was right after earnings, it was up about 20 10 points. points. Yeah, yeah, 10 points, right? And then the minute they started talking about that, it just tanked. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that is that is the, the, the one thing. that, But it did edge lower on the day. Um, Bed Bath and Beyond finally called it quits, Dean. Um, uh, from what I read, they're going to keep the stores open and liquidate the inventory. So if you're looking for anything that you could get at Bed Bath and Beyond, you might want to go over there. I should go over there because uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, yeah, dealing discount. with his new house, it's yeah, it's uh, I got some rugs or something. Yeah, most of the stuff ha- unless they keep bringing in more new inventory. So Dylan, for all our listeners that are listening, what what do we have for them? What do you mean? 
Oh, you're talking, I thought you were talking about Bed Bath & Beyond and all that stuff. <laughs> I was like, like there's stock that I don't know about. No, what we have for the listeners, and we always talk about it too, is the financial plan. And what it is is a free financial plan, and we go over everything that has to do with your expenses, your income, your Social Security, any pensions you have, your investments. We take into account your house too, just to show your net worth. But if you have any rentals and the income from there, we take that into account. And what it ultimately comes down to is – Will your plan work in retirement? Will you be able to have your monthly expenses last you through retirement? And if not, how can we change it? How can we help you? And there's all different avenues that we can take, but that's pretty much what it's about. I know we're coming up on a break, so we can talk more in detail. So all you have to do is call us, and we'll give you a free consul- a free financial plan, and we'll go over everything for you. And just call us at the office, 544-4909. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Money Matters Show. Some interesting got, earnings. I'm sorry, you didn't interrupt. Go ahead. Never mind. It doesn't matter. They know who we are. <laughs> no, no, I just I was thinking there's some, there's some really interesting earnings reports that came out this past week. Uh, Boeing, right? Boeing had a nice rally on Wednesday. Company said they remember it was about two weeks ago that Boeing came out and said they were gonna uh, they had less than uh, production than expected because of supply chain issues. Right. I, th- I think that was two weeks ago. And now they now they rally because the 737 production is going to be increased by 20%, and they're going to uh, boost Dreamliner production. I thought to myself, apparently the supply chain issues that hampered the first quarter have dissipated. Right. The one you know, you think what business is really kicking butt and taking names? Chipotle. Yeah, they are. Chipotle. Now I like Chipotle, but it's not special. There's nothing special about Chipotle. Right? There's nothing I couldn't do in my kitchen if I felt like it. What I mean, it is, is quick, it's fresh food, and it's easy. And for people not in Tucson, they probably like the Mexican food aspect. It's probably cheap, too, huh? It's pretty cheap. I yeah. mean, it's pretty cheap. Comparably, yeah. But my, 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 they, up, they were up 10% to the last or two. A new 52-week high. They reported revenue and net income above all the analysts were expected. They hiked prices, and their traffic increased. That's a pretty good business model. Okay. Well, groceries are increasing probably more, so everybody says, screw, we're going to Chipotle, get a dinner. Yeah. That is an interesting, I think that trend will continue over the course, that, that's a macro trend over the course of 30 years. People are going to slowly go away from their grocery bills and go more into these pre-made meals that are already done for them. One, because of convenience, yeah, one, because of reduction in cost for these pre-made meals, and eventually, uh, why take the risk or you know why spend the money for the gas to go to the grocery store spend the time when you could just go to a place and they have the meal already ready for you and then you can just heat it up or you eat it or you know throw it in the oven real quick those that model is going to increase as well as obviously fast food and things like that. that's why i don't know if it's a public company yet hello fresh but they're the leaders and all that they they send you each uh you can have it weekly monthly whatever you want they send you all the ingredients to cook a dinner but I mean, there's so many of those. I'm just saying they're the leaders from what I've seen. Yeah, okay. Popular. Is that is that the Tucson? Yeah. No, that was Freshly. They sold their company a while ago. Oh, that's right. Freshly. Yeah, Freshly yeah. was the one in Tucson. That was already cooked. This one you cook from scratch. Like they give you all the ingredients and you got to cook it. Freshly was just you heat it up. Oh, just okay. Mm-hmm. So people really want to want to have all the ingredients mailed to them and then they cook their own. I guess so. It, you know, popular. Like I said, it's either that or they want to just go to the. You know, the Chipotle. That's kind of ultimate pick laziness, the, isn't it? Having all the ingredients. Well, have you not seen the trend here in America? What? The laziness trend? Yeah, it hasn't. We haven't <laughs> become harder workers 
The laziness it's, trend is definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, and it's easier. It's more convenient for people. We've they become more efficient house, workers. So they just go home and it's already there. They don't have to stop at the grocery store for 40 minutes. Right. Okay. I get that. I get that. I'm thinking, yes, we should just go to the grocery for store. For us, growing the grocery store is, a, I feel like, a hassle. Like, it's a, a, almost a, a nuisance. At least for me. I don't know about you, Dylan. But. I door dashed my groceries for the first time a couple of weeks ago, and it was very convenient. I didn't even know that was a thing. In Los Angeles, it's, it's a thing. Very I go visit my daughter in Los Angeles. Every meal comes from DoorDash. Is it, uh, oh, no, I'm saying groceries. Like, I got oh, groceries from yeah, DoorDash. I DoorDash my groceries from Safeway. Really? And it got there, like, right when I got home, and I said, this is pretty convenient. Yeah. No, door, I didn't realize DoorDash was price. in that business. And, but Safeway, like, has their own delivery service. Do they compete then with DoorDash? Or? They work with DoorDash. You know, like is. Amazon, people buy all their toilet paper and paper towels and napkins. Like, why go to the grocery store? Oh, I get that. You know, I get that. I, I, Especially I, if it's going to be there the next day. Yeah, if, I, well, I, I, day. if yeah. my wife or I think of something and we're on Amazon buying it, and it's, that's why the truck's at my house every well, single speaking day. Speaking of Amazon, they reported. Have we talked about them yet? We did talk about Amazon okay. while you were gone. Yeah. The, okay. and, and the AWS continues right. to slow. Right. Uh, but they think, the company thinks that will stop because of AI. Yeah, it was so funny watching that stock. It was like it was just surged to like one twenty six or something, and yeah. then finally came back down. Yeah, well, let's nice talk about that for a second time. Then no one will forget about it, right? No, no. Okay, so uh, Teladoc. Remember Teladoc from the pandemic? Uh, that oh the, yeah, yeah. Where you're going to have all your doctor's appointments on Teladoc? Yep. I had a a, a Zoom uh, cardiologist appointment. Okay. During the pandemic, it was a joke. I remember you what? said that. Yeah. Yeah, it's an absolute joke. You can, you can't do telemedicine. But anyway, make a long story. The teledoc had just fought, fell has fallen ninety percent from its all time high that it got during the pandemic when it was going to become the because we didn't know we didn't know the pandemic was going to be over in three years. Um, which, by the way, I do I do you know how some people do spring cleaning, Todd? Right. I do spring checkup. Or I get my physicals yeah. and, and, you know, I go through, as you get older, and, and I remember uh, it was yesterday I was leaving for my physical, and you said, why do you have an annual physical? <laughs> because I'm old. I guess um, so. And as you get to a certain age. I thought you were about to go play a sport or something. No, no, no. Uh-huh. I don't know what uh, <laughs> uh, what age that is. It's probably different for different people, but annual physicals are are part of normal life. Right? I probably should get one. Who knows? Yeah, and I think probably when you start getting to be, you know, 30, maybe 40, yeah, an annual physical is important. The important part about this is I've been, uh, you know, I get a haircut. I go get my physical. I had my hearing checked. I had my allergies. All of these things. And the my takeaway from it is I have not run into a mask through this whole process. Well, there you uh, go. Even uh, even the uh, uh, doctors downstairs in the building where we have our headquarters on Campbell and River um, have been wearing masks, and they were like the last man standing. And I did notice today when I walked by there because I went to a a major medical facility uh, yesterday the, on Thursday that was uh, uh, really into mask. I mean, they were big mask people, um, and there was not a mask there. I thought, man, if they're not doing it, why are the people downstairs doing it? And I stuck my head in there today, and there wasn't a mask in there either. Mm. So the good news is the masks are gone, so my spring checkup is happening. You know, I saw a really cool medical video about that they came out with these x-ray machines um, that are basically you can see the veins in someone's arms, and then it helps them put the uh, draw blood and things like that. Cause some people with darker skin color, it's hard to... Find their veins. And oh, interesting. Picking yeah. and poking. Interesting. And it's like an x-ray for your vein. It was really cool. 
Wow. That's a, that's a, it's Teladoc, just to finish that thought, it was down 90%. It actually was up on Thursday. They reported revenue uh, and, uh, and net income above, ex- not net income because they don't make any money, but they reported revenue above expectations and raised guidance. They even picked up an analyst recommendation to, you know, to buy the stock, which I thought, well, okay. We, we talked a lot, Dean talked a little bit about artificial intelligence and how it helps healthcare. I, I'm interested, if you're a doctor, no one is here, right? But would Meta, Meta's virtual reality or ChatGBT's ability to diagnose, diagnose things be a better tool for the healthcare industry going forward? Well, you, if you watch, uh, if you watch Chicago Med, they've got a big, uh, they've, they've been on the AI thing for about three or four months. Right. Uh, and so it's kind of kind of fun to watch it. And if, in fact, that's what it's going to be, where it helps a Maybe surgeon. Maybe it's a merge, yeah. It helps a surgeon, uh, direct a surgeon to the right area. And if there's an issue going on, say, oh, by the way, you've got something going on here you need to pay attention to. Um, if, if that's where we're going, that's pretty exciting stuff. There's also AI dentists. Now they're building. It's like a robot. And it does the entire cleaning. It does whatever it needs for like a, uh, like a root canal and stuff like that. I don't know if I'll trust that yet, though. It yeah, like, I mean, here's the problem. It like, it? It's a robot just staring at you with the thing in, in your mouth. And I was like, if it's just malfunctions, I, I, can't, know. I can't trust it yet. But it's going that way. My dentist is an attractive female, and I'm not going to trade her for a <laughs> I'm sorry. It's got nothing to do with the skill. <laughs> nothing to do with the skill. Uh, but I, I much rather would look at and talk to her than look at and talk to a robot. Uh, Activision Blizzard, the UK knocked that deal down, huh? Yeah, but the thing with the UK is they're a new regulatory body. Yeah, but because they just went away from the EU, so how much actual say they have? It, what if EU and, and America's regulators say no, you're good to go? Like UK is going, Activision will be just like, well, we don't really care about you, UK. They did not, it knocked the stock down pretty good. Well, right, but I, it's just because of the 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 deal arbitrage people actually thought that deal was going to get done, so there was really no arbitrage left. But yeah. then when that came out, it opened the door for possible rejection. Well, the other problem is, is why, why are they re- rejecting it? Mm-hmm. Where, where were the, who was influencing them? They're okay. saying it's anti-competitive. Yeah, well, that's what they're saying, okay? Uh, and then, like Kramer was saying on Friday, you know what? Bull. He says, our entire administration is lefty. They don't want capitalism. They want to bre- uh, make sure that nothing, nothing uh, is, is growing. They want to be able to control everything. And he believed that the, uh, the FTC had a lot of influence over the UK on letting it happen or not. Oh, you think so? Without yeah. put pressure on him. Yeah. That, uh, and and he's, you know, that, that was him. Not, you know, I don't know enough about how that works behind, but it definitely makes sense because they don't want anything bigger. They want things broken up. They want things small. They're anti-competitive, and, and that way they can control them better. It's going to be fascinating. There's a lot of interesting uh, court proceedings with some of these big mega caps with Apple, Google, Amazon, and as well as Activision and Microsoft. So how these court proceedings you know, it's going to take months and months for us to actually figure it out. But once they actually finally make their decision, it's going to be, there's some ramifications that are going to come the, off the back of that. The government wants to always keep getting bigger, but they want corporations to stay smaller. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that a okay. oxymoron? Yeah. Right. They don't want the corporations to be, uh, to be able to control and decide what they want to do, but they can anyway. I mean, who's going to tell Apple, Microsoft? I mean, think about it. They've got more resources and better resources and any of these other uh, than the government. Well, that's like always like people are always like you, you, you don't want these corporations to get bigger and bigger because, you know, they, they make decisions like, well, the 
governments are getting bigger and bigger and they have to make the decisions. Who do you trust more? The people who actually need to make right decisions over the period of time or the or the entity that can just print their way out of a problem and not actually admit that they were wrong. Speaking of which, the largest company in the world reports earnings next week. I'm excited. And uh, up 30% off of the bottom. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because they be interesting. all have popped after the earnings. Yes. How much more can Apple pop going into They're going to run up right into the earnings. They're going to run right into That'd the earnings. I might be totally wrong, but I probably wouldn't be buying it into the earnings. Uh, no. I, 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 you can't buy it here. No, I'd hold. With the market... You know, with the market it, Thirty percent right. overvalued. The stock at the close to an all time high. It's it's not a it's not an. It, you want to buy value, right? We want you always want to to be intelligent about when you buy, and you'd like to get value. And uh, at, you know the the uh, uh, the consumer is still strong. There's there's no question about it. We're seeing that everywhere. Uh, last week, uh, Mastercard, Visa, Hertz all reported uh, the the consumer strong. Travel demand is off the charts. We've we've seen no. Let up in that at well, all. That's pent up to demand the, too. Yeah, well, and, and you, but you wonder it's worth three years now. Uh, well, no, but not really. Yeah, no, man. you're right. It's about because a year. Even if you want to about go last year. year, you held off. About a year. Unless you had the money. Now people that didn't, they plan two years out to do these trips. I'll tell you right now, trying to get on an airplane to go anywhere, it's almost impossible. They stop and they delay. So they cancel them. Let's go. So coming up to the last section of our show, we appreciate you listening. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. This is the last segment of the Money Matters Show. We do appreciate you listening. Remember, if you want more, you missed anything, just go to Money Matters with Dean Greenberg. Uh, there's a lot of Money Matters, so you have to say Money Matters with Dean Greenberg or go to our website. Yeah, you can go to our website in the top left corner. You'll see a little um, a microphone icon. You can just click that, and it will automatically direct you to this website page. And it's a beautiful website. It shows you exactly where you could find our podcast on all the different podcast platforms as well as each episode you can actually listen just straight up on your computer if you wanted to are we feeling bad for elon he's falling he's falling further behind is he number three now he's falling for no he's number two but he's falling further behind oh. because what happened last week tesla stock got hit again oh it's taking and lvmh uh which is the richest man in the world uh, uh, a guy by the name of bernard onall i said that properly he, uh, LVMH is the French parent of luxury brands Louis Vuitton, Hennessy, Christian Dior, etc. Et 75 et companies they have in their whole 75 total? Yeah. Isn't that something? Well, the luxury brands, right? All luxury brands. 75 from their different acquisitions over the years. At an all-time high last week, it became the first European country to pass $500 billion in market cap. I never understood the luxury side of things. Yeah. I mean, when you go to Vegas and you go through those malls and you see those I mean, $20,000 purses and things like that. It's just crazy to me that people actually buy those things. Yeah, but it's like people who you buy can. a $20,000 purse, you can. Is the, it's going to be the same as some like, as like you buy like a $20 purse or a $200 it's, purse. I, I know, but still, it's just. There's people there with $20, $50 million credit lines. Right. Okay. So what is it? Hey, you know, he's there with his wife or girlfriend or, or girlfriends. And, <laughs> hey, hey, here's a few chips. Go buy some they stuff. Just, they, and they give him $100,000 worth of credit in the in the store. It's right. insane. They just redid that whole Tiffany store in New York on Fifth Avenue. Like, I guess it's their staple store in the U.S. And that thing is huge. I saw pictures of it. It's like three stories, four stories. of just luxury. They Tiffany sell staples. Yeah. <laughs> but they're 10 well, grand. It says their staple store. They're 10 grand a piece. It's just all diamond staples. <laughs> really expensive staples. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's, then, I mean, Hennessy, all, like, that's not even that expensive, but it's a popular brand. 
You know, Disney's one of the best. Disney, after being a laggard last year, is one of the best performing Dow stocks this year. And uh, Wells Fargo said to buy the stock. They raised their price target to 50% above current levels. They called the stock the best opportunity in media, even if it does have a prison next door. <laughs> yeah, and it's having issues. Sued DeSantis. 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 And then DeSantis That whole DeSantis thing. Is a, I mean, maybe I'll build a prison next door. Well, they're saying he's politicizing it. And, oh, no question. Yeah, and then he's saying no we're not. There's no, we don't find any way that you could just have your own government within a state. Well, you know, the DeSantis is all about about doing away with big government, right? Yeah. So you don't go in there and and uh, bully a company right, with your government. Yeah. So that doesn't sound like yeah. No, but he's not letting the, the Disney say they have their own rules and the state has their own rules. That's what's going on. I still can't believe that Disney is able to just self-govern. I just feel like. Uh, that went under my radar. I didn't realize they had oh, you didn't know that? self-government. Right, that's <laughs> yeah. what the sentence It's crazy. Saying. They can't do that. Right. Can't do that. And they've, they've, con- they've sued. And it's, uh, anyway, like, on. It'll, they, go to, uh, you know, it'll be interesting who wins that because, and it's crazy that, 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 that Disney even wants to get to that point because the tax consequence, everything, tax breaks, everything they've gotten for this length of time. I mean, think about how many millions of people a year Go to Disney World. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. No, it's a great From business. all over the world. What a business. It's so much bigger than Disneyland. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, oh, I mean, all the people all over the place. I remember going when I was a kid, like, wow, 50 some odd years ago, probably. And it's still there. Yeah, and, well, bigger. and there's like Disney seven World? expanding. Yeah, like Disney seven Works. Was, Disney World. I don't even know how long it's been there. I, I lived in, this is how long ago I, I lived 60s. in Orlando. The, when Epcot opened. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we used to always go to Epcot on rainy days because nobody would go. Sure. So you could get on the yeah. rides and do whatever you want to do, right? So I know so many people that have timeshares down there. They, they now, now they were bringing their kids. Now they bring their kids or their grandchildren there. I can't go to the same place every year. Yeah. Let's talk about lithium. You want to talk about lithium a little bit? Yeah. I mean, it seems yeah. like it's been going down, right? It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of interesting. The, the, the company by the name of, it's, it's spelled A-L-B-E-M-A-R-E-L-E. I don't know if that's Albemarle. I, I don't want to mispronounce it, but uh, it, uh, the lithium, this lithium miner, U.S. lithium miner, has been down 20% this year on a report that Chile, which is home of their lithium yeah. deposits, right, is talking about nationalizing they're lithium mines, Chile. So if you have a uh, lithium mine in Chile, it's, it's not a good thing. Here's an interesting one, though. The Thacker Pass Lithium Mine. It's up in, in northern Nevada. It's currently under construction. It's said to be one of the largest lithium deposits in the world. Hmm. The Thacker Pass Lithium Mine. It's a project of the Lithium America Corporation, which does trade publicly, symbol LAC, not making any money. Uh, it's still under construction. It's still a cap, a capital outlay for LAC, but uh, potentially one of the largest lithium deposits in the world. Be very interesting. We still don't know how much lithium takes to do a battery, how long it takes to do it, and then when the battery's life is gone, can you recharge it, or do you have to just get rid of it? You start having to get rid of it. Where are we going to bury all this lithium? Right, it's like it's like any the, ba- right. They're worried about climate stuff. Oh no, this, this is, is the worst. No, this is the worst. What what, what are you going to do with these things that do not degrade? They're not biodegradable, uh, and what happens, of course, is uh, with it, the battery dean is eventually it won't hold a charge. Right, you keep recharging, recharging, recharging. Eventually, it won't hold a charge. Yeah, and then you have the choice of either trashing your car 
or putting a new battery in at a cost of ten, fifteen thousand dollars. I just want to know what they're going to do with the batteries. No, they they, they will. It's going to be very dangerous. It's like nuclear waste. That that that's a good point, and also it's not going to be biodegradable, right? right. So yeah, it's not biodegradable. If you're talking about saving the earth on the front end, but hurting it on the back end, right. how, how much With, good are you doing? Oh, don't worry, it's a thousand years from now. Then the lithium <laughs> will be coming up, and yeah, you know, we'll be looking like Martians down here. Who's ever left? I mean, you know, it'll be like the transformation. It's funny because men. So up in an ecological disaster, and 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 no one's talking about that because they don't know what to do about it. And there's such double standards because up in Tempe right now, they're doing the vote on the stadium for the um, the Roadrunners, not the Roadrunners, the uh, Coyotes, right? And what they're trying to do is build the stadium on a current landfill. Right now, it's a landfill, and it's polluting obviously because it's right in the middle of city. And the signs against the act is saying, don't help corrupt billionaires. Don't give handouts. And the sign for is saying, stop pollution and put a, a, a free stadium that taxpayers don't have to pay anything for and will bring 6,500 new jobs to Tempe. Now, uh, How can uh, you be voting against that? It's going to be in Tempe then. It's in Tempe. Tempe. Bring 6,500. It's bringing. Stop pollution, but build a stadium. The other is. What they're doing, what they're doing is they're going to. Take out the landfill and put the stadium on and put okay. the landfill. That obviously would stop the pollution. Okay. And while doing that, you bring 6,500 new jobs right. to Tempe. And the Tempe taxpayers pay not a dime. Okay, so what's the problem? People on the other side say, don't give corrupt billionaires handouts. Don't do this. Vote no. And it's like, so we can actually stop pollution, but we're not going to stop pollution because we don't want to give handouts to billionaires that are going to help the city grow. I mean, it's just double standards. They they will always find a problem with whatever they want. So this is what I want to know. They built. They take all this landfill out, which you know is not great. Right. Where do they dump it? Interesting. Yeah, probably Tucson. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a, you know, this is everything has a consequence, but nobody thinks about the other side. Right. It's a problem. Yeah, they haven't talked about this battery disposal problem at all. Not, you, you never hear a word about it. Speaking of which, caterpillar. They could dig holes, right? I thought, you know, you would think that that would be a really good place to have money. It's the Dow stock. It, the, all the infrastructure spending is coming. Stock's down 9% this year. Shed another 5% on Thursday, despite reporting revenue and net income above expectations on a concern that their business is peaking. Yeah, I mean, it's a cyclical. It, it is, but it, it is. And, and, and the... The concern, though, is about softening demand in China as this reopening, this China reopening, is starting to stop like ours was. Mm. Um, I, I don't know. I think the infrastructure money that's going to come down the pipeline and one, pipeline. And one thing we've learned about the the Biden administration is they're not real good at administering. Uh, which isn't a shock to anybody. Uh, There's only about fifteen percent of the infrastructure bill that was passed what two years ago has it has been spent. Yeah, All of that now. money's yet to come, and that's going to... Uh, really only 15%, huh? Yeah. That's what uh, I Googled it. Wow. About 15% of money's actually been distributed. So we're coming to the end of this show. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow, but, I wasn't uh, ready. You know, this week's going to be a big week. There's two things happening. we got Apple earnings, which are going to be kind of, uh, uh, kind of interesting. There's other earnings coming out, but they're not going to be in the big tech, so I don't think they move the stocks one way or the other that much. But we have the Federal Reserve, right? They they, uh, they meet on Tuesday, and on Wednesday they will make their announcement. Is this? Do they go ahead and meet with the Senate on this one, or is that just uh, 
No, they, they make the, they make the announcement. You mean as far as the the uh, uh, chairman? The press conference will be on Wednesday, right? Yeah, it's a two day. Right. So you get the two day meeting, Tuesday, and then yeah. the press conference comes on Wednesday, and he just does he does a press conference. Yeah. There's no Congress involved in this. So it'll be interesting. But, the big thing is they're going to try to see what is, what do they talk about, and where's he going to do an interest rates coming into June. If I believe if they decide that they're stopping, they could see a little bounce in the market. Yep. Until reality sets in and we goes, wait a second. Now we're way too high, way too overvalued. What are we doing here? Um, and then uh, then Apple's earnings come out the next day on Thursday. And they're probably going to be in line, maybe even beat a little bit. And my thing is, because the stock has run up so much, people are going to sell into that. He has some real answers. He has, a, he has a lot of questions to answer, I should say, because he has First Republic that's most likely going to be taken over FDIC by FDIC. And then you have a possible debt ceiling question. Right. And this is coming to the end. And as we say, you want a free plan, free financial plan. You just give us a call. We'll sit down with you. We'll go through it. We'll go ahead and meet with you again. We'll give you suggestions. We'll do it, and you'll be set up or not set up to go through retirement without a, without a break. If you we'll haven't done next, it, why not? We'll be back next week where your money matters. Be happy, be healthy, and let's all strive to be profitable. profitable.